Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem will learn Dathmem Hey in Masachas Nazir. Barry, we miss you. Uh, Mazdov on the Bris. And may you and Sandy have a great vacation. It meant a lot to me. Uh, Barry, Andrew, and all the rest of you. It was, uh, so many of you showed up to the CM in the my father perm night. It was very nice. And then uh, I guess I had a really good perm because yesterday I woke up and I did not know where I was, Andrew. Okay, but now I know where I am. Memheim at Aleph. And actually, we're going to orient ourselves really well. I'll read the first few uh, words of the Mishnah, and then I'll explain what's going on. The Mishnah asks, Tiglachas Hatara Ketzad. How, now we're getting granular here. We talk a lot about the Naziris. We must be getting towards the back nine, as they say, of Mesechas Nazir, because now we're talking about the graduation ceremony in earnest. We're going to talk about the details. Which carbonus do you bring? When do you bring, when, where do you get the haircut? And when do you get the haircut, etc. Now, the source is not just in the Mishnah, but it's in the actual Chumash, in Parshas Nasa, where we have the Parsha of Nazir. And I think it behooves me to read it inside because this is all what we're going to talk about, okay? Now, this is all, as you know, the sixth parak in Sefer Bamidbar. Right, where it says, As we've said many times. That's the beginning of the sixth parak. Then it talks about, you can't drink. This was yesterday. So interesting, right? Um, how some, how the prohibition of wine, the interplay of the prohibition of the, of the drinking of the wine versus the Thomas Mace versus the, right, what's categorical. Uh, we learned yesterday chidushim, so, so such as the person who the, the nazir doesn't drink wine uh, categorically, which is to say, not even for kiddush or havdalah. What do you do for kiddush or havdalah as a nazir? This is one of the reasons why one of the why, why some of the rishonim will say that afterwards you're going to bring a korban chatas at the end uh, as part of the graduation ceremony, because you know when you're a nazir you miss out on uh, those kinds of things like kiddush and havdalah. And the hair and the Thomas Mace, as we discussed at great length. Okay, so then it says the following. If you are, so call your main Israel Kadosh Hashem, that's Pasuk Ches. Then Pasuk Tes in Perak Vav, it says, Unexpectedly, if the Nazir all of a sudden uh, becomes subject to the Tumah of Mace, as we discussed, then there's what we, then there's what we call the Tiglachas Tumah. Betimei Rosh Nizro. His nazir head gets tame, and then he shaves his head. The gilach or show biyom tarato biyom galchenas. On the seventh day, right? This is called the purification process from tuma, right? You do shave your head, right? So there's two, as we've said already many times, there's two scenarios where you would shave your head as a nazir, where you would have to shave your head according to the Torah. One would be um, the if you become Tameh in the middle of your Nazirus, and we've already discussed how much it sets you back. Uh, another would be the graduation, that's called the Tiglachas Betahara, right? When you complete your Nazirus, that's when, not because you're Tameh, but because you finish your Nazirus, you shave your head, right? So in the first scenario uh, that the Torah brings where you become Tameh, you shave your head on the seventh day, and then Right, you're going to uh, wait until Hare of Shemesh. You're going to go wait until the next day. And the eighth day, you're going to bring the bird sacrifices. That's when it's Tumah. 
and it, okay, and then one of the birds is going to be lechatas, and one's going to be laolafite. Now, then it says, vezir Hashem et Yemenizro, baby Kevas ben Shnato. So now, uh, then it says like this. This is Pasuk Yud Gimel. It starts. Vizos Torahs Hanazir. Right? It says again, Vizos Torahs Hanazir. Um, as, as it said, uh, before. And what's the Torahs Hanazir? Beyom Laos Yemenizro. Here is the whole Torah of the Nazir on what happens when you complete your Yemenizro. What do you do? You bring the Nazir to the Pesach Olmoed. As we'll see, do you really bring him to the actual Pesach of the Olmoed? You bring him all the way over there? So we'll see where, what this means. And then it says what? And he brings his Korban, Lashem. And then, it's, then it outlines what are the Korbanos? So you're going to bring a male, right, uh, lamb, or... Uh, right, a male keves ben shnato one one year a sheep, right? Tamim leola. That's for the ola. The kafsachat the female the ewe the female sheep uh, year old lechata for zechatas, and then an ayil the ram for shlomim, and then it describes that you bring also salmatzos, and this is already going to be the mishnah at the end of today's daf, explaining that you can bring a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of oil and the mincha, and then you go and the, and the, the coin brings and he and he brings the chatas and the ola, and then he does a zevach shlamim, and then you and then it says vigilacha nazir pasach yedches, and then you shave your head pesach oil moed. So it describes the area where you're going to shave your head as the pesach oil moed. We'll discuss that at rosh nizro his nazir head vilakach at sar rosh nizro, and then an interesting thing, Andrew. You take the hair, Israel, and you take it and you put the hair on the fire. It says very explicitly that you take the hair and you burn it in the on the fire that you're using to cook the shlamim with. Okay, um, and then you take all of that. The and the coin takes some of it, and you do like a waving ceremony, which is really more what we're going to discuss at the very end of today and starting tomorrow. That's it. Repetition there. But basically, that is the end of the Parsha of Parsha's Nazir. So we just learned what the Torah has to say. Now let's look at the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah. So how are we doing this graduation ceremony? Says the Gemara. Says the Mishnah. As the Torah delineates, right? You bring three animals. The chatas, the ola, and the shlamim. And then you shecht the shlamim. And then you shave your head after shechting the shlamim. Diva Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda, so the rush explains that what Rabbi Yehuda means is that you shech the shlamim first. In other words, obviously you shecht all of the korbanas. You bring all three. The chatas and the ola and the shlamim. But what Rabbi Yehuda is saying here is that, as the rush says, kevan de magalech ala shlamim din hushi kadmo. That's what it means, according to the rush. That it means that you start with the shlamim, and that's when you shave your head. 
after the first korban, that's Rabbi Huda. Whereas Rabbi Lazar Omer loy amegalech alachatas, which again the Rosh explains that you that what what that means is that you bring the korban chatas first. Why? Sheachatas kodemes bechol makom because you always bring the korban chatas first. Okay, that's interesting. Why do you always bring the chatas first? Well, there's a reason why you would think you would bring one or the other. Rabbi Huda says. Look at the pasuk. Rabbi Huda says, right that that it says um, in the pasuk that it sounds v'ikrivas korbano, where it says that you have to shave your head, right? Uh, it sounds like you're doing it on on the shlamim. Why am I? Uh, right. Um, okay. <clears throat> well, I just read it inside, and it makes it very, very much sound like you're doing on the on on the shlamim. Uh, okay, so the pasuk says the ola first, and then it says the chatas, and then it says the shlamim. Okay. And then it says, But then it says, Okay. So it makes it sound like he's, ma- like he's shaving it on and he's taking the hair on the shlamim. So we'll see why he why would say it. It sounds like, as we'll see in the Gemara, Right, that because, and this is what the rush explains, that because the hair is going to be, once it's shaved off, used to fuel the shlamim, the shlamim is central to, right, this is really the point of Rabbi Yehuda, that the shlamim is central to the graduation ceremony, and since the shlamim is so central to the graduation ceremony, it is for that reason that the shlamim is brought first. Whereas Rabbi Lazar is saying that whenever you have a korban chatas, now don't forget, typically it's the chatas, it's the only one that's the chiyuv, it's, that's the one that's most commonly brought first. And we've already seen this before, that in almost every other scenario, when you have a series of, of korbanos, the chatas is brought first. So anyways, that is the machlokas in our Mishnah. We'll examine it a little bit further. Fine. Okay, so now says the uh, Mishnah another another concept. This is the concept that everybody would agree with. It seems that everybody says that even though it's true that it that the giluach should take place first, and even though there's machlokas as to whether the chatas or the shlamim first, at the end of the day, it, if you shave your head at any point during any one of these korbanos. You're not, it's not gonna, you're not gonna have to shave your head again. First of all, I mean, obviously once you shave your head, you can't really reshave it in that moment. The point is, you don't have to, like, redo it. You don't have to grow out your hair and redo it. Your yotze, right, and your graduation ceremony is gonna be complete. You may have, you know, uh, done things out of order. Uh, maybe you threw your cap and gown up in the air before you walked down the aisle in your graduation and got your diploma, but you graduated nonetheless, right? Your yotze. 
Okay, and now a different topic in the Mishnah. This is a whole different thing. So this is not when you're shaving, but this is when you bring the korbanos. So when you bring all the three animals and you say, here, here's my three animals uh, for the korban, but you didn't specify, lepirish means you didn't specify which animals for which korban. So what happens? That despite the fact that normally when anybody brings a carbon to the base of Mikdash, you have to be very specific about what is the purpose of this carbon. Uh, designated, as it were, right? You take a, an animal and you say, I've designated this, I hereby designate this animal as an Ola, or I hereby designate this animal as a Chatas. You, you, and it's very animal specific. So you say, this specific animal is being right, brought now uh, to the base of Mikdash for this specific purpose. May, may the Karbanas be renewed soon, Andrew. Uh, with the rebuilt base of Mikdash. But the point is, that's always very specific. You say this specific animal for this specific carbon. Here, what did you do? You brought three animals, and you say these three animals are for the three carbonos, the chatas all on the shlamim of the, of the Nazar carbon. Can you do that? Can you take three animals and say these three are specific to those three carbonos? The answer is yes. You'll take whichever animal is right for the specific purpose, and you're going to use it for that. How can you do that? Well, that's the riddle. How would the Kohen know which animal goes for which korban? Exactly. Very good. You solved the riddle right away because the Torah tells you. Because, because you look to see, well, is this a male or a female keves? Uh, well, then you'll know whether it's a chatas or an ola. And then you look and you see, well, this is a ram. Okay, so I know that's for the shlamim because those are the animals that are designated for those purposes. All you have to do is look at the animal and when you see what animal it is, you know whether it's the chatas ola or the shlamim. So there we resume with the Gemara as follows. Tanurbanam. What's the source of whether the shaving of the head happens by the shlamim or by the chatas? So the Brisa says, V'gilech ha-nazir Pesach O'amoed, right? When the Pasuk that we read says that the Nazir has to shave Pesach O'amoed, so that must be that he's talking about Bishlamim HaKasim Adabir. Why? Because if you look at the Psukim by the Shlamim, okay, not here, but in Vayikra, Paragimel, it says that the, the, the Shlamim should be Shechted with Pesach O'amoid. Uh, okay, well, it kind of says it by a lot of Karbanas, but the point is, what's the difference between a Shlamim and an Ola Nechatas? Well, as we know, We've said it many times, but it bears repeating. Ola nechatas are what's called, uh, right, those are kache kachim. Those are intensely kadosh things. The ola, right, doesn't even get eaten. Right, it gets burnt up. But even the chatas, those are in the northern part, right? They're shechted in, a, in the northern part, uh, in the Mishkan and, and, and the Mikdash. They are treated differently than the then the shlamim, which are considered kachim kalim, kachim kalim uh, can be shechted anywhere, uh, right in the right in the uh, in the greater uh, in the, the greater area, the greater Azara area, and they're eaten anywhere within Yerushalayim, as we'll see, right as we've already discussed. So those are actually going to be those are actually going to be what's more readily referred to as the, as the Pesach oil moed, right? So therefore, as the Rush explains, that when it says Pesach oil moed, it's referring to the Shlomim. In other words, it's not referring to, when the Pesach says, 
right? Ushchatop the begilach and azir pesach or moed. So the first thing we learn is that, and this is what the Gemara is pointing out, that the pasuk sounds like it means that you're shaving your head geographically at the entrance of the al moed. Says the the brisa that the Gemara is quoting, no. That's not what it means when it says shave your head Pesach Moed. It doesn't mean geographically that's where you shave your head. It means that you shave your head at the time, right, of the Korban that is associated with the Pesach Moed. A totally different thing. It's a lima. This is what's called Torah Shabbat Peh, Andrew. That the shaving of the head is associated with the Korban Shlamim. That's what it means when it says that you shave your head at the Pesach Moed. How do we know that it, does, that it means that? How do we know that it doesn't mean that geographically where you shave your head? Isn't the Pashup Shot, isn't it mean, doesn't it sound like it means that you shave your head at the geographical entrance of the Olmoed? Says the Gemara, no. It means that it's associated with the Shlamim. How so? Because, says the Gemara, the Gemara is saying, how do we know? So you're telling me that when it says that you shave your head at the entrance of the Almoid, that it's Bishlamim Akasim Medaber? That it's talking about the fact that you shave it in association with the carbon Shlamim? How do you know that it, that it doesn't just mean that that's the geographical location where you shave your head? The Bryce answers, Amarta Imkain Derech Bizoyenhu. That it's impossible that the Pasuk means that you shave your head at the entrance of the Olamoid. Why? Because that would be a bizarre. Are you going to get a haircut? Are you going to have your uh, dental cleaning at the entrance of the Olamoid? You're going to do, right? You're going to cut your nails at the entrance of the Olamoid? Haircut is considered an activity that you do in a barber shop or worse, right? Not in an area, not in a shul. As a matter of fact, the aforementioned Rebbe Elephant who you guys listened to yesterday, Shlita, the great Dafyomi master of the OU, uh, points out that some people have an issue with regards to what? The upsharing. The upsharing is, uh, right, I mean, some people have to uh, grow their boy's hair out till they're three and then cut their hair. Can you do that in a shul? That might be a derech bizayon. Interesting. Anyway, so that is understood that that's for sure not where you're doing the haircut. Well, if it's not where you're doing the haircut, it must mean somewhere else. That, that if that's not where you're shaving the Nazir's hair, so it must mean that you're doing it somewhere else. So, uh, and if you, if you, that's what it means, that you're doing it somewhere else, so then what does it mean when it says that you're shaving your head at Pesach HaMoed? It must mean that you shave your head with a carbon that's associated with Pesach HaMoed, which is to say the carbon Shlamim. However, Rabbi Yosha is adding on just saying that you don't need a pasuk to teach you that it's not that you're not going to shave your head by the almoid because it's obvious that's what it means misvar we know that you can't shave your head by the pesach almoid why because famously as we say that when you're talking about going up to the mizbeach as we've already described the mizbeach does not have stairs rather it has a ramp why because if it had stairs chas v'shalom Maybe as you're walking, you'll show a little skin, and that is disrespectful. Well, if, show, if, if we're going to such great lengths, so to not have stairs in order to show skin, we see the degree of respect we have to show the Mizbeach, says the Gemara, So certainly something which is even more of a Bizayon than walking upstairs. Getting a haircut certainly would never be done, Pesach and therefore... Even though the Pusik explicitly says that's where you shave your head, it can't possibly mean that. It must mean something something else.
Okay, now we have a set of brackets that the Rishonim explained you take out. So we sp- skip to where it says, Yitzchak Omer Eino Tzarech. Okay? That is, right, Rav Elephant uh, takes it out and the uh, Rishonim take it out. Then besides, if we didn't, you, you'd have a tough time understanding it. So then we go, we skip. Rav Yitzchak Omer Eino Tzarech. So now let's continue. Another proof, right, that obviously can't mean that you're shaving your, when the Pasuk says that you're shaving head, but Pesach Omer, it can't be what it means. Rav Yitzchak Omer Eino Tzarech, what? Omer Velaka Chesar Rosh Nizrov Anasan Alaish. For a different reason. What's the reason why we know that it means that you're not shaving your head, but Pesach Omer? Because when the Pasuk talks about the carbon Shlamim, what does it say? It says that you take your hair that you just shaved off and you got it like in a baggie and then you throw it into the fire that's fueling the Shlamim. Says the Gemara. is explaining that you should be able to Apostle is referring to something that only requires lekicha unasina, which is to say you've just shaved your head and now all you have to do is take that hair that you shaved off and put it straight on the fire, which is to say the place where you're cooking the korban shlamim, that's where you get the haircut. Aha. Where are you cooking the shlamim? Not the Pesach Right? As the Gemara continues to say, Yatzazeh, that's to exclude a situation, right? hava unesina. What does that mean? That, the, again, Lakicha hava unesina would mean that you shave your head and then you have to transport it somewhere, right? And then you have to cook the shlamim. Says Rabbi Yitzchak that we know, as we will see, that the shlamim actually was cooked in an area that was far from the Pesach oil moed, where in what was called, I don't know if you remember, the second parak of Maseches Midos, Andrew, but there was, in fact, in the base of Mikdash, something, a place called Lishkas and Azirim. The Rambam is very aware of this in Parish of Mishnayis, and there's a lot of discussion as to where the, the Shlomim was cooked. It seems like, I mean, the Shlomim really could be cooked Cooked, not just eaten, but cooked anywhere in Yerushalayim, in theory. But the, Rambam, but the most likely place where it took place was Lishkas and Azirim. But the Lishkas and Azirim was in the southeast entrance, far from the Pesach oil moed, and that's where it was cooked. So, what, what the Pasuk is saying when it says that you're Megaleach, your, your hair, but Pesach oil moed, it can't mean, right, that, that you shave your head, put it in a baggie, and then walk it over to the flames of the Lishkas and Azirim to cook your shlamim there, because it just says, V'lakach v'nasan. V'lakach v'nasan. Uh, sounds like you shave your head, and right away, boom, you put it on the fire. Which is to say, the place where you're shaving your head, this is not a bazillion issue, this is a right geographical um Right, a coincidence that you need to have the shaving of the head in the area where you're cooking the shlamim. That's not the Pesach Moed, and it is that uh, way that we know that the Pasuk is, can't be referring to the geographical location of the head shaving, but rather to the association of the head shaving with the carbon shlamim. Or, Yikad Amri, Rebbe Yitzchak Kamer, Bishlamim, Akasav Medaber, right, other 
right version of that argument is Rabbi Yitzchak himself says that the Pasuk is talking about Shlamim. And they asked him, right, it's just like another version of the same thing, like in a dialogue fashion where they said, wait a minute, how do you know that the Pasuk says that you shave your head by the Pesach that it's referring to an association with the Shlamim as opposed to the actual geographical location of where you shave your head? So answers, right, that you take the Sar of you know, the hair that you cut for your, for your, at the end of the year, to teach you again what we just learned, that the same place where you cook the Korban Shlomim, that is in fact where you shave your head. Now we continue with the Brisa, and we have a little bit of an alternative. Again, we are really expounding on this Pasuk here. What does it mean when it says the Nazir is shaving at the Pesach HaMoed? Kol zman she'ein Pesach HaMoed, pasuach ein megaleach. That's the final drush over here, right? That the door of the HaMoed has to be open, which is to say the daytime. That's what we learned in Daf Lamed and Beis and Maseches Tamid, that that is when the Pesach HaMoed was open, and therefore that is talking here in this context not about the location of where you shave your head, nor is it talking about the association with the Korban Shlomit, but rather the time where you could shave your head of day. Or, another interpretation, Rabbi Shimon Shizuri Omer, Begilach Hanazir, Pesach HaOmoid, Velo Nezira. Okay. Then when it says, Begilach Hanazir, Pesach HaOmoid, what it means is that because it's in the Pesach HaOmoid, it is only the Nazir that could shave his hair there. So there it means Mamish, at the, at the, at the entrance of the HaOmoid. So Shimon Shizuri is the only one that holds that it is in fact talking about a geographical location. That in fact the Nazir is shaving his head bepesach ha'moid. Well, what are you learning from that? First of all, that the Nazir does it, but also specifically Nazir, but not the female Nazira, as we know. The female could also be a Nazir. Why does she not shave her head bepesach ha'moid? As we turn to Memhem Beis Shema Yiskarba Pircha Kehuna, because the Pircha Kehuna are the young hormonal Kohanic boys. They're walking around. They can't see women having their hair exposed. No, they cannot. And that, that, is, that would be inappropriate, right, for them to be exposed to that. Uh, okay, now, if that's true, the Bryce is going to ask of Shimon Mishizuri. And Shimon Mishizuri, I'm tochiach. You know that the female Nazir is not the only one that has to shave her head um, at the, right, at, at the carbono, at the entrance of the Almoid. A sota does, and by the way, it's not mentioned in the Gemara, but a female Mitzora also does. So why can they, we know that the sota and the Mitzora could shave their head at the Pesach HaMoed. Why are we not worried about Shema Isgaru Isgaru Ba Pirchi Kahuna in that case? Um, says the Gemara. Dixiv Ba Vehemida Lifnei Hashem. Right, so with regards to the sota, the Pesach says, that she comes with Nehashem. And what happens, as we know in the Pasuk, the Sota's hair, hair becomes uncovered, right? Okay. Does she shave her head? They uncover her head. They don't shave it. They just, they just uncover her. Okay. We expose her hair, right? And a little bit of her chest. I mean, you're supposed to, however, as the Gemara says... Uh, right, so so we don't shave her head, but we shave the head, I believe, of the of the Mitzora. But anyways, right, so the Mitzora shaves her head. She's not mentioned here. But the Sota is really the worst because you say, wait a minute, 
Well, how are the Pirchei Kahuna handling that? They're bringing the Sota. They're uncovering like a little bit of, of her of her chest and, and they're uncovering her hair. This is like Sarbi Isha Erva. What are we, what's going on here? So if you could do that by a Sota, asks the Gemara, why, why can't, and that's Lifnei Hashem, Vehemidah Lifnei Hashem. So Velo Chashin and Shema Yisgar Ba Kehuna. Wait a minute, why are we not concerned about Shema Yisgar Ba Kehuna by the Sota, but we are concerned by the female Nazir? So Amar Lahen, Rishim Shazuri says, no. With regards to the female Nazir, she is using cosmetics. The Sota is not In other words, when it comes to the Sota, we specifically, Andrew, make sure that she comes in looking like a schlub. That's part of the whole procedure. So nobody gets, uh, right, nobody takes notice it's not provocative the way a sota walks in. It's purposely bringing her in like a schlub. It's part of the procedure, part of like sort of um, the confessional over here to try to, uh, and, and it's in part, part and parcel of the Parsha Sota, which Bezat Hashem will be learning with Sacha Sota soon. And you'll see that, that it, she's going in minuvelas, as we say, right? So that's, so therefore the Pichet Kehuna are not going to be aroused by that. As opposed to the Nazir, don't forget, she's a Nazir woman who is now having a graduation ceremony. What do the females do for the graduation ceremony, Andrew? They get fapitzed, right? So they get, you know Yiddish, Andrew? A little bit. Fapitzed, you know. So they're getting, they're getting all dressed up. That is a concern of the Pirchei Kahuna, and therefore that would for, certainly not take place by the Pesach or Moed. That would be inappropriate. Uh, I, well, I could argue that the Mitzvah also, not, not so attractive, the, the idea of leprosy. Okay. So now we arrive at the Mishnah on Memheim Beis. Hayanotel sar rosh nizrum shaleach tachas Okay. So now again, continuing with the pasuk. So you're taking the hair and you're using it and you're putting it in the flames, right? In the under the dud. This is not the dud chemish on top of your roof, Andrew. That is cooking your shower water. This is the dud, meaning the pot where you're cooking the shlamim. Okay. So you're putting the hair under the the pot, cooking the shlamim. Says the Mishnah, "Vim gilach b'medina, lo ayam eshaleach tachas adud." So it sounds like usually Medina means that it's outside of your shalayim. If you shave your head there, then you don't have to put it under the dud. Yeah, that's one way of reading it. We're going to go with the Rambam. The Rambam reads that "Vim gilach b'medina," it means your shalayim as opposed to har habayis, and he takes out the word "lo," and he says, "Vim gilach b'medina, ayam eshaleach tachas adud." Like Shum, which is to say that, and again, the, the, the advantage of the Rambam is because he's saying it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense that you're going to cook the Shlomim, right? Uh, put it this way. According to the to Pashup Shad in the Mishnah, you're cooking the Shlomim where? Obviously, the Shlomim has to be within Yerushalayim. So if the Shlomim is within Yerushalayim, so what do you do? You have to go to your haircut, get your haircut in Tel Aviv. But we just said that the haircut... Right, so I guess the Rambam's going with the Pshat and the Brisa, that the haircut really should take place where the Shlomim is. So how are you getting your haircut in Tel Aviv if you can't bring the carbon Shlomim in Tel Aviv? So it must be, according to the Rambam, that you're getting your haircut in your Shalim, because the Shlomim has to be in your Shalim, and then you take out the word low. It must mean 
Right, it can't be that you get your haircut in Tel Aviv, keep it in a baggie, then go into your shalai because that because we just said it has to be lakicha v'nesina, not lakicha then hava v'nesina. So if that's the case, that's why the Rama in Parashim Shmuel is going to explain. He's going to rewrite uh, word this Mishnah. It doesn't read that that straight in the Mishnah, but it basically means that you shave your head in your shalai wherever you're cooking the korban shlamim, and then you're putting it tachas there wherever you are cooking the korban shlamim. Fine. Then. Says the Mishnah, That's very interesting. I mean, we read the Psukim. That's how we started today. And it's true. When you read the Tiglachas Atuma, it says, It doesn't say anything about cooking it or anything. But when it talks about, right, the Tiglachas Hatara, the part of the Tiglachas that's part of the graduation ceremony of the Kohen, it says, it says Pesach Olamoid Roshni Zovah Lakachet Sar Shoni Zovah Nisan Al Aish. Right there, it says that for sure you're putting it Tachas Adud. So therefore, we understand the sheet of the Tanakama that it's only in the graduation ceremony, only that hair gets put under the korbanos, and uh, not the one that's not not the hair ceremony that you're shaving your head. Because remember, you're shaving your head also when you have the Teglachas Atuma, as we said. But that one doesn't uh, use the hair for the cooking under the korbanos that you're bringing, those korbanos of the birds and etc. However, mayor disagrees. Says her mayor, 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 kol mishalchen tachas adud, chutz min hatamishim in dino bilvad. Mayor holds, no, anytime you have a nazir that shaves his head, whether it's nazir tahar or it's nazir tameh, right, they're going to use the hair and put it beneath the pot. Now, of course, nazir tameh, right, he doesn't, he has uh, a keves, um, Ben Shnatola Asham, right? He does bring a carbon Asham, but he does not, right, bring a carbon Shlamim. So he would have to bring it, he would have to put the fire under the birds and the Asham. Be that as it may, he will use that according to Rabbi Meir, unless If he is both a Nazir Tameh and he shaved his head in the Medina, whatever Medina would mean here, let's say outside of Yerushalayim, so then certainly, right, he's not going to be. Uh, he's not going to be needing to save that hair and bring it in. It is in that case that everybody would agree, right, that that particular Nazir is not going to be putting his hair and using it uh, in the fire that, is, that are fueling the korban. Okay. So now we're going to see a little bit of a machlokas about that issue as follows. Says the Gemara, no tell Sarah Rosho. Right? So again, the Nazir is shaving his head. And we learn in Abraisa that you take some of the gravy of the shlamim, v'noten al-sar rosh nizro. So now we're really getting granular here. You have the hair that you shaved off. You, uh, you put together some of the, right, some of the gravy. You know, one of the Shem we had was in David Chu's. I saw them, I, got, I had the pleasure of watching them put away the food. It reminded me of this uh, this procedure. Anyway, so they're taking the gravy and you put it on sarosho um shalach tachas hadud shalashlamim, and then you put the hair with the gravy under the dud of shalashlamim. Vim shalach tachas hadud shalchatas veasham, and if you put it under the pot of the chatas of the asham yotze, right? Then it's not meakev, meaning you're supposed to put it under the shlamim, but you know you don't have to redo it or anything if you did it under the asham of the chatas either. Says the gemara. Asham benazir tahar mi ika. Wait a minute. Uh, right, so he says, is there an asham in the nazir tahar? 
After all, we know that all he brings is the chatas and ola and shlamim. So the Gemara is right away jumping on this, on this tanar ban and said, what do you mean? What kind of asham? So I'm a rabbi. Yeah, right. So in other words, Rava is explaining that this this is what we said before that the Nazir tahor right that graduation ceremony is only a chatas and a ola and a shlamim. So why why does the brisa say that you could put it under the asham also? He doesn't bring in korban asham as the Gemara asks. Yeah, but it's saying that this is the source of the idea, that even the Nazir Tameh, even though the Pasuk doesn't say that the Nazir Tameh has to cook his hair under the, right, the, the, under the, the Karban, we still learn that he too, in certain circumstances, will cook the hair under the Karban. And how do we know that? Because it's the Karban Asham, and only the, only the Nazir Tameh brings a Karban Asham, and therefore, that's what it means. That if he's Tameh, then you're going to put it under the Korban Asham. So that even the Nazir Tameh cooks his hair under. Minahanimili. Okay, so now we're going to say, Minahanimili what? This is talking about how do you know that the gravy is also put on the hair before you cook it under the pot? Amarava, Amarkra, Asher Tacha Zevach Hashlamim. Right, that's what the Pasuk says. That you put the hair, right, under the Zevach, uh, under the Zevach Hashlamim. Okay. Um, What's the Zevach HaShlamim? So Zevach HaShlamim sounds a little bit, right? You put it on the fire, which is under the Zevach HaShlamim. Zevach HaShlamim makes it sound like part of the Shlamim is going to be underneath. So what part? The gravy. In other words, you don't take the meat and cook it and put it in the fire underneath the pot. The meat you keep in the pot. But the gravy, you take a little gravy, some of the zevach hashlamim, put it together with the hair and put that under the pot. Vim shilach chatas yatza. And then the Bryce said that if he took right under the dud of the chatas instead of the shlamim, right? The Pasuk says specifically put it under the shlamim. Okay. But if you put it under the chatas instead, he's yotze. My time. How do you know that he's yotze? After all, the Pasuk explicitly says not that. It says explicitly to put it under the shlamim. I'm across zevach. Lerabos es achatas ve'asham. Right. When it says, ashatavach zevach shlamim, it means really any of the karbanos. Even though it says specifically shlamim, the zevach can, in fact, include the chatas ve'asham in a pinch, right? If you did that, you're also yotze. Says the Gemara, but we just learned zevach to learn that you have to that to teach us that you put the gravy together with the hair. Says the Gemara, the pasuk said could have said rotev my zevach instead it said zevach. So you learn two things from zevach. Right. So in other words, the word zevach is is teaching you two things. Number one, that you use some of the gravy with the hair to put under the fire. To put on the fire under the pot, and also that you could use that if you put it under the chatas or the or the ola, it's also good, or the asham, it would also be good. Okay, so the gemara, yeah, but once you're learning that the chatas and the asham can be under the flame, not the ola, obviously, because the ola isn't being cooked; it's being burnt entirely to Hashem. But if you put it under the chatas and the asham, so then you're already using the pasuk to teach you something. So where did they come off? Right, learning the additional idea that you're also that you're also use, putting the gravy with the hair. Says the Gemara, Right, the pasuk would have said that the, the shlamim vezevach, my zevach hashlamim. So the language of zevach hashlamim implies both. Shmami natarti implies both zevach hashlamim. That specific por- formulation, right, 
Birmingham thinks it would have never said rotev. Rotev sounds like it's a modern Israeli word. But the Gemara says not that way. That's right. Rotev is sauce. But anyways. Rotev. Rotev. So anyways, but he's saying no. The Torah could have said sauce. It didn't say sauce. It said zevach. Once it says zevach, uh, it means both things. That you could put it under either the shlamim or the asham. And also that you have to put some of the sauce, the rotev, rotev under the under the pot. Now, twelve lines up on the bottom. The Bryce says, "Tanur baron, hakol ayu mishalchin tachas hadud, chutz mitamish egilach b'medina mipnei shasara nikbar." So this is going back to the idea of who's actually cooking the hair under the pot. So everybody, what's everybody? So there's four possibilities, right? There's a tahar and a tameh, right? Right. The pasuk only says that the tahar at the end of his the nazir tahar at the end of his Right, Naziris is going to be the one doing it. But we already learned that some hold that Tameh also will, will do it, but only in the Harabais. According to the Rambam, let's, let's, let's assume that Medina means Yerushalayim and, right, that, that, um, that, uh, the alternative is Harabais. So according to the Rambam, if you're in Yerushalayim or in the Harabais, so then, even if you're Tameh, you're going to put the, the Sar. That's Divir Rabbi Meir. Uh, however, if you're a Tame in the Medina, so then Saro Nikbar, you're not going to put it in a baggie and bring it to the Harbais or to, right, you're going to bury it on the spot. You can't just throw it out. It has to be respectfully, it's like Seamus, so to speak, even though it's not. Uh, but it's Kaddish, you have to bury it. That's the very mayor. However, Kanvakan means whether in your shalim or outside your shalim, which is to say, according to Yehuda, the only thing that matters is if you're a tahar, like the pasuk, he's going straight up with the purest, like the pasuk. If you're a tahar, then you're going to have it in the, uh, you're going to bring it on, and you're going to cook it underneath the uh, the pot of the karbanos. If you're a tame, then the pasuk doesn't say anything about that. Therefore, right, they're not going to be mishalchin; they're going to bury it. Fine. And he's the one that says that almost nobody does it under the dud except if the tar is in, actually in the mikdash. He's the only one that's doing it, the actual conclusion ritual of the karban in the actual proper way. He's the only one that's doing it. So again, everyone's going to agree that a tahor that's graduating in the, in the Mikdash, which is where the graduation ceremony is supposed to be taking place, they're all going to agree they're going to go straight up like the Pasuk and cook the hair underneath. And everyone's going to agree that if you're a Tomei and you're, you're, and you're outside of the Mikdash, that you're not going to. You're going to bury the hair and you're not going to put it. And this is Machlokas, right, with regards to a Torah outside of the Mikdash or a Tomei inside of the Mikdash, whether you're, whether, which category that falls into. So there we arrive at the mission at the bottom of Ham and Bays. We have a minute and a half. We'll speed read it and then we'll resume with what it means tomorrow. It basically just con- um, continues with the Psukim, right? I am a Right, he would cook the shlamim, or he could overcook it. We'll talk about that tomorrow. And then, as the pasuk continues to say, the coin takes the zro of the shlamim. He takes a chala, obviously a matzah, really, right? Chala matzah, and and a, and a cracker again, matzah cracker. Venosin al kapei nazir minifan. He puts in the nazir, and they start waving it on his hands. Yeah, graduation's over. What does a nazir do after graduation? Drinks wine, and goes and contacts mason with impunity. As we arrive in Bav Amidala for Bishimon Amir Kevich and Israel Kalav Echad Menadamim Hutar Nazilishtat Beyan Metamim Mesim. When's the exact time that you could start drinking the wine and be Metamim Mes 
it, obviously you're not going to get a haircut because you just shaved your head for the ceremony, but you're going to go drink wine and be betame mace after the what? The Zrika Saddam, and we'll discuss the exact moment of graduation, Bezat Hashem, and we resume tomorrow. Bro,